white or black day. Our favorite athletes. Ceremony Olympic. This is episode nine of Travel Junkies, a podcast for travel enthusiasts. We're talking all things Olympics and Korean culture. And it's already here. We're in the set or I guess the first week, official first week of the Olympics. And my name is Carmen. And I'm Heidi. And so there's something that's really cool that's happening in the next day. Today is the 13th of February and tomorrow is the 14th. Yay for math. (laughs) It's Valentine's Day. (laughs) And a lot of people in the Western world celebrate Valentine's Day, but also Asia has made it super popular. And it could be because of the infiltration of the U.S. Army over there in Japan. But this new tradition has happened where Valentine's Day, women give their significant other or a boy or a guy, they give them chocolate gifts. So they present them with chocolate gifts. Now, usually boys don't give anything in return. But it's a an expression of love, courtesy, and kind of like a social obligation <laughs> to their opa, their oldest. And then another, so the reciprocal or like the, the receiving end of the boys, they instead give something on White Day. And White Day happens on March 14th. A month after Valentine's Day. Yes. So it's interesting. What I think is really interesting about it is it's like the opposite of us. On Valentine's Day, like you may exchange gifts between your partner or maybe like the guy will give the girl something. Mm -hmm. But in Asia, it's like, no, on Valentine's Day, just the girls give the guys. They want to wait a whole nother month for another day that the guys give the girls something. Yes. So really, they like doubled our holiday. (laughs) It's fun. But actually, there is a little bit of working on the confectioner or confectioner sugar confectionery companies. They're the ones that make chocolate. Yeah. So confectionery companies decided to make White Day a holiday. And what they were trying to push at first was Marshmallow Day, but it did not succeed as a cultural phenomenon in Japan. Mm. <laughs> and so then the National Marshmallows. Con- Marshmallow. So the National Confectionery Industry Association then established the White Day, an answer or reply day to Valentine's Day, exhorting men to return the favor to women who gave them chocolates or other presents on Valentine's Day. So then this kind of crossed over to South Korea and Taiwan. They do the same thing. It's just kind of neat that there's like this reply, like giving and reply to that gift. And it's just funny to me because so Valentine's Day, the 14th, White Day, March 14th. And then April 14th is Black Day. Yeah. (laughs) They love the 14th. (laughs) Yes. And then Black Day What's sad about it is that singles that did not receive gift on either Valentine's Day or White Day, they congregate on April 14th (laughs) and they eat these black noodles that they claim that they're Chinese or something. They're called chajang and then myeon is noodles. So chajang myeon. And this, you sit with your friends. I don't know if Heidi and I did this, but I felt like we needed to (laughs) at times. And it's so good, though. 
didn't like, or it was maybe the week. It might have not been the particular day, but I think we went somewhere to and eat Chajamyong. Chajamyong. <laughs> and then we realized, oh, wait, isn't Singles Day this week? <laughs> Uh, but they're just they're actually just so good they're really really delicious yeah and i like it better with rice instead of the noodles but you can get this at a chinese restaurant in south korea so not too sure what it is and our school would feed it to us now and you may think oh did this just happen in the last 10 years this has actually been a 35 year tradition in japan like dating back into the 1970s so it's been around for quite a while and i'm I'm just surprised like the U.S. hasn't done this with their this big equality. Let's not hurt anyone's feelings movement that's going on in our country (laughs) lately because it's like, okay, you have a lover's day, Valentine's Day. I'm surprised all the single people haven't come up and said, hey, it's time for you to give us a, a singles holiday where we get something in return. But if you think about it, all of these, the 14th, the 14th, the 14th, like February, March and April, you're not alone. You you are with someone celebrating this. And I think the Western culture is so individualistic. I don't think it would work because February, a girl is giving something to a boy. White day, a boy is giving something to a girl. And then Black Day, even if you're alone, you are still with your friends that are single. So it's still this relationship that's happening. Yeah. Like very rarely do you see someone sitting by themselves eating in general. Yes. In Korea. Like you, you let alone yeah. on, on singles day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The black day is usually with kids that are in in their 20s and so most of them get married in their 30s, hopefully maybe. Or if they don't want to, that's cool with them too. So but white day, I got several hard candies cuz it's just like hard sugar type candy and my students gave them to me i think it was probably a boy (laughs) but what's interesting about any of these traditions i guess you go by any kiosk and they will have whatever you need for that day right at the front so you don't have to think about like oh do i need this chocolates are there you just grab them and go you got hard candies you grab them and go so you have no excuse for not doing this I know. And if you're a teacher, you just get lavished on all three of the days with the gifts. Yeah. Well, maybe not the last day. day. Let's give the teacher. Um, No, our school even, I think our school served Jaja Myung on White Day. I thought it was. Oh, really? Black Day. If I remember right. I guess I didn't really think about it because whenever they served jajang, they also served kare, which is like a curry dish. And then you just put mm, either so one of those on rice. And the curry was my favorite day. So that made it all good. <laughs> so the Olympics are here, Carmen. You know, we're, we were so excited when the... I know. So exciting. Ceremony, you know, we launched a podcast right before the ceremony. So what did you think about the opening ceremony? Yeah, I, I really liked all the symbolism that went on. And I know they had a lot of peace and unity. And I, I just think it's really interesting that they always strive for balance, even though sometimes that doesn't happen all the way. And being compassionate. And there's no more tigers in the Korean peninsula. So even though they were hunters at one point. Sadly, there's no more tigers. (laughs) That is sad. I had a student ask me, he was like, so why do we not have tigers in Korea? And I was like, you're kind of overpopulated. And so you probably kill them all off. I'm sorry. 
you can go see them in the zoo. <laughs> hey, Korea is not alone because Netflix got me on one of their recent documentaries about how the U.S. is becoming this way and we're kind of cutting off the 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 connecting forces for like grizzly bears and other types of bears to freely come and go through different forests mm-hmm. and we're like cutting off areas where they used to migrate in and out of different forests and now we're starting to isolate them which means they're dying off a lot faster so we're doing it too sadly yeah i mean i'm pretty sure you can find one in north korea because there's more woods i wouldn't be surprised but also, they probably kill it because they're hungry. <laughs> it's free food that doesn't have to be given to them. But the ceremony was gorgeous. Heidi, there was someone that bypassed security and was like in front of one of the dancers. I thought that was so funny. I was like, what? Why? How did you do that? <laughs> but I really like the dancing. I kind of really wish they had those dancers, you know, where the girls with the drums, the traditional garb. So, you know, the drummers at the beginning where they're drumming and they're in their traditional garb. What I really wish they had also was the dancers that go with that folklore. So they come out. It's usually men. They have these little hats and then they have the string that whips into a circle. And so then they kind of do all of these jumps and they keep their heads going in a circle. So I don't know if they just didn't get enough or they're going to do it for a closing ceremony, which would be really impressive. That's what I I wanted to see. They did have the traditional like royal guards people carrying yeah. the flags, which was kind of cool. But yeah, well, the other thing is those ropes that they swing on those hats are really long. So yeah, but if you put like four, maybe they felt like they couldn't put, I don't know. But I did think the drummers did a great job. I really especially liked at the end where they opened up their white garments and it it made the flag. Oh, like yeah. Half was red, half was blue. That was really I thought, cool. Whoa, that was a really cool touch. And so. the augmented reality was pretty awesome. They actually recorded all of the, you know, the ice skater with the drones. They recorded that apparently like back in December because the air was just right. So that was not live. Yeah, of course. It was still really super impressive. I was like, whoa. It was the same drones that were at the Super Bowl with Lady Gaga. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. And Kevin kept on saying, oh, no, she's going to fall. Kim Yuna, don't fall off the cliff. Because <laughs> she didn't have like any guards. And she was at the very top where the, the where they're going to ignite. Was. So my overall impression when I watched all these countries walk out is they're cold. And, and they were they kept saying, like, it's not as cold as they had thought it would be. It's actually a little bit nicer. Yeah. Like the for the opening ceremony, it turned out being a little bit nicer than they thought it would be. But you could definitely tell which countries don't have winter and which countries do. Because there's all these countries that don't get winter walking out with these like short puffy jackets on that you would buy at Old Navy or something, you know, nicer, but that was the look. But then in comes China and they have parkas all the way down to their ankles and they look like a bunch of penguins waddling in because their (laughs) jackets are so fat. 
And I'm like, yes, see, China knows winter. And even Germany, Germany had on long ones. Yeah. It's like the countries that are used to winter had on these long parkas that were nice and big and fat. And then the countries that are used to the sun came in with these like short waisted ones. And I'm thinking they are freezing. And then like thin gloves. They weren't super thick gloves. And I just thought, yeah, they're cold. They're cold. Well, I was glad that the toga guy came back. That was impressive. The yeah, shirtless I don't know how toga. You did that. I was thinking, is that like heated oil or something on his body? Because you know he has to be cold. He put coconut oil on himself. That's what they were saying. And he did this back in Rio. So since it was like such yeah, a but big Rio was thing, warm. I know. That's why everybody's shocked, but everybody's like super excited. Now, I will say Gangnam style played when the US came out. I was super pumped about that. Yes. And then when Chile, because I used to live in Chile, when Chile came out, they were playing Fantastic Baby from Big Bang. Fantastic Baby. And the chorus is Fantastic Baby. I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. So. Yeah. So I was pretty pumped. Was it just me or were you doing the Opa Gangnam style dance too when it came on? Because I was doing it all over the house. <laughs> and I was singing all the songs. were making fun of me. It was kind of, Kevin was like, okay, let's turn this off. It's nighttime. I'm like, no, we have to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. My mom was like, that's a good workout. You should keep doing that. I'm like, thanks, mom. Well, actually, Koreans do take dance classes of k-pop music no lie that's true no lie they should do like a zumba dance to that song yeah because it would be really cool what i liked about even though we were we were like this is ridiculous the ceremony area is only made for the you know for the opening and closing ceremonies the stadium i think it still looked really neat and intimate it didn't look huge but when it needed to look huge it looked huge yeah, it, because it wasn't a circle. It was a pentagon. Yeah. And so that was a really cool aspect. And I was thinking, man, I would really love to go see a concert in there. I think it's going to be really good for concert. I think so, too. But just that little small circle that they had to walk instead of like miles and miles, like some of those big stadiums that they use, because sometimes they use those big stadiums for track events in the Summer Olympics. I just really liked how it was very intimate and they didn't have to walk so far and you could really focus who was being announced on the little like circle or the center of the stage. So I thought that was really neat. It, I think it rose, didn't it? It did. Oh, and when they went to go light the torch, I, I was really getting concerned for the two girls having to walk all those steps. <laughs> Me too. I was like, they're going to trip and this is going to be bad because the one girl was who was North Korean lagging behind the other one just a step. Yeah, I wanted to huh? see who was the North Korean, who was the South Korean, like who was the most exhausted was the North Korean or the South Korean? I would hope that it's the North Korean. I think Korean. it was the South Korean. The South Korean was more tired? I th- I think so. I think it, it wasn't the girl with the short the short hair. The South Korean one and then the one who had her hair up in the thing I thought was the North Korean girl. Oh, I'm not sure. I was just trying to think who's who's the one that looks more military like <laughs> who has makeup. Then I could separate the two. <laughs> then that's horrible. Hey, BuzzFeed did make a video about this and it's true. Is it legal for them to have makeup on? I don't think that's even that crosses their mind. I- I'm just being realistic here. Oh. 
I don't, yeah. When we went to China, literally, I never saw so many bad haircuts in my life. Like, South Korean stylists know about hair. When you go to China, I know there's some people that have really good haircuts, but for the majority of them, I really thought that they took their their own scissors and chopped out their hair. There was so many straight angles that it didn't look good. I was, I really wanted to help them. <laughs> like, it, it was just, it was very jagged, the style. It was not very flowy and and beauty becoming when I was in China. But it could be just this, the part of the, the city that I was in. I'm not sure. You ready? Let's go. So we're really excited that the Olympics are here. And so me and Carmen are going to share some of the people that we are looking forward to see compete and i'm going to start carmen okay yes i now we're each going to share three but i kind of cheated on this first one because it's a brother and sister and i counted it as one Mm. (laughs) um (laughs) i'm really looking forward to alex and maya shibutani they are from team usa and they are figure they're a figure skating team so They are their brother and sister. Um, Alex is 26 and Maya is 23, I believe. Yeah, 23. And so I just think they're so cute because they're brother and sister and they work really well together and they just look beautiful on the ice. But I'm looking forward because this is their second time in the Olympics and because they were in 2014 but they came in ninth place in 2014 so I'm really excited to see where they're gonna be in this because they do the ice dance event which is really pretty like because it's not easy to dance on ice you know yeah I've never tried but I do know (laughs) that when I skate around the few times that I've been on an ice skating rink I'm holding on to the the edge of the wall that's how it's going every now and then if I'm feeling brave I'll let go but no then I grab on so it looks so cute they look so cute I love her he he normally wears just like all black and then she wears like these really cute outfits They are really cute and they're really they're really nice but she's so cute she's got little freckles yeah, she's adorbs. She is. And I saw that she's even starting her own kind of like YouTube channel thing, I think, too, where she's doing either makeup or hair tutorials. Yeah. But I think that works out really well when your partner is your brother. So they must be really close. Like they have to have a good relationship in order to grow up and compete. And, you know, they compete year round outside of the Olympics, too. And they even um, they just won bronze at the world championship experience like the world championship event of some sort they just won bronze last year Mm. so wonder if we're going to take a gold i don't know they there's a lot of other really good skating couples in front of them but i'm interested to see where it goes yeah yeah definitely so mine is charlotte kala from sweden she competed in the 7.5 kilometer skiathlon so what's exciting about her and she just made gold for cross-country skiing so this is just breaking news for us but not breaking news when you listen to this but i just think it's really remarkable that she competed and 
the person that she basically has trained her training um, is from Merit Bjorgen from Norway. And so what happened is that Merit or Marit, she has always been like the top cross-country skier in the Nordic area, I guess the Norwegian area. And she made gold and 2003 world championships. And basically she has these distinctive training methods. So I guess I'm basically highlighting the silver medalist Merit and also the gold medalist Charlotte. It's interesting that Charlotte has been learning from Merit, not directly, but by her through her coaches of how she's been training and she beat her by like 7.8 minutes. The type of training that they're doing is called Norwegian Interval Method. The top level of the Norwegian ski community is regarding Merit Borgen's training methods as the, the most elite, the top ones. And what you're having to do is the intervals are typically 90 to 95% of maximum heart rate, level four, and are roughly four to six minutes in length. So you are trying to raise the maximal oxygen uptake using workouts close to a maximal effort. I don't know what that means, mm. but it Sounds means that rough. it's really hard. <laughs> and so it's interval block training. And if you've ever done like insanity or any of the stuff from beachbody.com, which I highly recommend, they're all about interval training so that you can be better at what you were before. And I think that's what they're trying to do on this one. So I thought that was pretty fascinating that they're starting to label different types of training. So I thought that was pretty remarkable that even though she, Charlotte, taking notes from Merit, she beat her because you're not going downhill. So it's just effort going out. That's true. I was watching some of them go downhill during their training and one guy wiped out really hard and it looked like it really, really hurt. I don't know how he got back up, but that brings me to my second one is Camille Stokes. That's with an English accent. So he is from Poland. So I'm sure it's pronounced a little different. Yeah, he's from Poland. So he's Polish and he's 30 years old. He's been to the Olympics before, of course. And he does ski jumping. He's a ski jumper, which when we talked about different sports earlier in our podcast, ski jumping was one of my favorite to watch because it's just like they're just flying through the air and they have to get their body pretty much parallel to their skis. And anyways, there's a lot of technique, but he happened to go second place in the first round of ski jumping competition so i don't know what the other rounds are going to be like but first round he got he came in second place only right behind one of his teammates another polish guy so i think he's pretty good he's won a lot a lot a lot and so i'm really hoping that he doesn't come in second although the first round he already came in second so i'm hoping that do it i know i'm hoping that because everyone says he's like one of the best top Polish ski jumpers uh, when, and with skiing in general, I think. But a lot of articles were saying like he always comes in second place. And so I'm hoping this year, fighting, fighting, fighting that he surpasses second into first at least once. I wonder if he gets stage fright at these competitions. I know that there are some athletes out there that 
are amazing at what they do. They'll do great trial runs and then the competition comes and then they like freeze up and... Yeah, I don't know. But I I mean, if you're going to come in second, you might as well come in second to one of your teammates. You know, at least it's not like another country. So your team is still taking home. He's married to someone super pretty. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. They look very happy together. They look... All right. So you may be thinking, I'm going to talk about Shuma Uno from Japan, which I think he's going to do fantastic for the figure skating, men's figure skating. Um, He already has. They're, they're not meddling right now. No, I think there's several rounds and the first round he got first place. It's like because, short program, right? Yeah, short program. He hasn't gotten gold. He's just in first place to hopefully medal. Yeah, that's gold. what I said. He's just he's just in first place. Yeah. But the way the the team goes and each one of them perform and then they add up all the scores because Nathan Chen took a bit of a fall and I felt really bad because he knew it as soon as he did it that it was not going to work out well who I was rooting for he's not on the list (laughs) his name is Dennis Vasiljus Vasiljus is that how you say that from Latvia and what's remarkable about him even though he didn't make the cut he is one of the figure skaters, men's figure skaters, to actually make it to the Olympics. So Latvia usually does really well with their short... Uh, he's so young. He's very young. So he, I have a feeling he's going to get better for the next Winter Olympics. So look out for him if he continues. But right now, Latvia usually does well in the Winter Olympics for the skeleton luge and bobsled. They've medaled silver and bronze. They've never medaled gold. So I guess I'm rooting for the whole Latvian country because so we have Martins Dukors from Latvia and he's received two silver medals, but hopefully he will be a gold medalist this year for the skeleton. So we're hoping that that will help work out. So hopefully he medals this year. We're just crossing my fingers yeah, for nice. this little country in the Baltic states that maybe or maybe not my great grandfather from there. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so my last one is Chloe Kim. She is Team USA, and this is her first Olympics because she's only 17, and she was too young to compete in the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics. So, however, that same year, she won silver in Superpipe at the 2014 Winter X Games. So she's she's been doing this for a while but i love her she's from california so she's like very got a good sun-kissed look but she snowboards it's like bringing the sun to the snow so i'm really looking forward to her this year as her first olympic games hopefully she'll yeah she'll take home a medal she seems like she's super excited to be there and she was she was very excited to walk out Good power to Team USA was taking all kind of pictures. And then another Team USA person, which I'm really excited that she returned, is Lindsay Vaughn. I saw her in Vancouver, well, on TV at the Vancouver Olympics, and I thought she was so good. And just watching her ski was, I just loved watching her ski. I could watch her all day. No, it just, it was neat to see her compete. And she did such a great job that I was like, I hope she does it again. And she's back. So 
I don't know if we have to say that much about Lindsay Vaughn, but yeah, I'm just super excited. She's back. Cause you know, last time she had an injury, so she's coming back from an injury. So she speaks English and German. So she is back. I'm really excited. Downhill, super G, whatever she throws our way. I'm excited. And she has received gold at the Vancouver downhill and bronze at the super G in Vancouver. So I think we have hope for her to get like another medal at least. So exciting. If you're interested in the Olympic, tell us who you're rooting for or what other great athletes we didn't talk about. Just leave us a little comment on our website. We'd love to hear from you. So check us out, nextstopchannel.com. Opa Gangnam Style. Hey, sexy lady. Hey, hey, hey.